pray in your son's mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us welcome Walt today. And I'd like to say happy Veterans Day again. And to all the veterans, happy Veterans Day. All right. Good morning again, everybody. <clears throat> Woo. Yeah, <laughs> getting a lot of me this morning. You're going to be over full. <laughs> Again, yeah, happy Veterans Day. Um, just give you a little bit of history about Veterans Day. Veterans Day occurs on November 11th every year in the United States in honor of the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918 that signaled the end of the World War I known as Armistice. Armistice, I get a hard time pronouncing that word, Armistice Day. Congress passed a resolution in 1926 for an annual observance of the November 11th and became a national holiday beginning in 1938. Unlike Memorial Day, Veterans Day pays tribute to all American veterans, living or dead, but especially gives thanks to living veterans who serve their country honorably during war or peacetime. I want to give you a couple of quotes. And I quote, veterans know better the, than anyone else the price of freedom, for they have suffered the scars of war. We can offer them no better tribute than to protect what they have won for us. And that was by President Ronald Reagan. And then Maya Angelou, uh, recipient of the 2010 President Me Presidential Medal of Freedom, uh, says this, how important it is for us to recognize and celebrate our heroes and sheroes. I like that. <laughs> our heroes and our sheroes. So for any of you who have served or are serving this great nation of ours in the armed forces, who took the oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, who carried a rifle or stood a watch. We take time to recognize and remember. Any veterans in the house? Any veterans who serve? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and from one veteran to another, I say, Thank you for your service. That's what's so great about this country, you know. It's made up, uh, its armed forces are made up of, of volunteers, you know. Uh, who, like our dear friends, Jacob, who played the guitar, and um, Jacob Hart, who, played our, who was our guitar, who's now at boot camp in the Army, and also uh, Shelby's daughter, Ely, who uh, just completed uh, flight nav training in Albuquerque, New Mexico and is moving to, to Arizona and that's where Shelby and Lawrence are helping. So if you guys, hey, Shelby, you guys, lift with your legs, not with your back. Okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Can't wait till you guys get back. Hope everything goes well. <laughs> and like today's message is also about, you know, choice. They chose to serve, to stand up, to, to accept the call. And today's message also is about choosing how we get to choose uh, where and how we spend eternity. Where and how we spend eternity. So let us pray before getting into God's word. Father God, we thank you for your word, Father God. Your, your, your love pour, poured out on paper, Lord, that 
that is there to guide and instruct us, Father God. I just pray uh, you use your servant this day. Let it be your words that go forth to touch open minds and open hearts, Father. We thank you for the love that you show and you pour upon us through your word, Lord. May it nourish our bodies, our minds, our souls, Lord. And, and you say, you know, we, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that has come forth from your mouth, Lord God. And we cherish those words today. In Jesus' holy, mighty name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. amen. All right. God created man with an incredible gift, incredible power. It's called uh, free will. You know, he never wanted no robots. He, he wanted people to, to have a choice, you know, to, to choose. And the right to choose their eternal destiny. Now, as believers, we are saved by grace. We know this. We are through faith in Christ Jesus alone. We talk, I'm talking about believers here. But the Bible has a lot to say about our works or about works and how those works will be judged. So how do we marry those two things, grace and works? I know I struggled with that decision. Same thing. Am I striving to do things or, or do I have to earn uh, your good favor, but it, it's, it's, it's none of that, because nobody is saved by our works. We're saved by faith and grace alone. Many believers think that once you get saved, then your works aren't judged anymore. But our works are judged. And we'll take a look at a few key chapters in the Bible that, that help us to understand this. Although our works are judged, we're not, we're not saved by our works. We are saved by grace. And in order to understand that, we must understand uh, point number one. We must understand two words, the relationship between these two words, belief and behavior. The relationship between belief, how, what we think about, and how that turns in, affects our behavior. Your belief determines where you spend eternity, and your behavior, we'll take a look at, will determine how you spend eternity. Romans 10.9, the word of faith brings salvation. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Two-step process, right? We confess with our mouth that Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God, he is the son of God and God did raise him from the dead. That's what we're talking about when we talk about belief. For verse number 10 says, for the heart one believes unto righteousness. By the heart, by what we believe, we become in, we become in right standing with God or his righteousness. And we, the, when with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What the heart believes, the mouth confesses. And it goes on in verse 13, for whosoever, what's that great is, you know, that, that's kind of all-inclusive. Whosoever, no matter how tall, how short, how narrow, how wide, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Whosoever calls a confession of the mouth from the belief in the heart shall be saved. Our favorite passage, John 3.16, speaks a lot about belief. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, there's that word again, whosoever 
believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Sozo. That the, the Greek the word save is called sozo. It's to be like rescued from drowning. It's to be healed, to be made whole, to be kept safe and sound. That's what that word save means in the Greek. And then he says uh, in verse 18, he who, this is where the distinction comes in, your eternal belief, your belief determines your eternal address. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. There's a distinction. It's by your belief. Whether you believe in Christ as a son of God, that God raised him from the dead, or you don't. That's your determination of where your eternal address will be. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God, they will not be saved. So not only are our belief but our behavior matters. Whether you're lost or saved, as believers or non-believers, but as believers, our salvation is by grace alone and not by works. Our belief in one and only Jesus Christ as Lord is what determines our eternal address. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I like that. No one's going to boast. It's a free gift from God. It's already been paid for. It's like any gift, you just got to accept it. All right. And that's what I like about nobody can boast about it. Because in heaven, there ain't going to be nobody saying, I got myself here. I earned my way here. We're going to realize when we stand before the glory of God that it's only by grace. And by the skin of my teeth, I know I'm going to get in. <laughs> but it's not about nothing that I can do. It's about my faith in the one who's done it all, in Christ Jesus. And this is the grace of God that I was lost, had no intention of coming to God or, or thinking about Christ or knowing about God. I was walking my own way, doing my own thing, dancing to my own music. But God intervened in my life. And showed me what true love is. And showed me how selfish and how filthy I really was. That is the grace of God. And once his life touched mine, I accepted his free gift of life and life everlasting. Verse number 10 says, for we are his workmanship. That means we are a work in progress. Is his workmanship created or born again in Christ Jesus for good works? See, we are created for good works. We're not saved by good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. So before all this gambit began, God knew who we were as created individuals and what skills and gifts he's given each of us. And he finds fulfillment as a father when we're truly walking out what he had planned and prepared for us. But we don't do it by ourselves. That's the great part. He has a hand in everything because we are his 
workmanship. As we can see, although we are saved by grace through faith, our belief determines our eternal address. All our behavior matters, whether lost or saved, in how we spend our eternity. Our works will be judged, again, not for salvation, that has already been determined by the one called Jesus Christ. He paid for our sin. Ecclesiastes 12.14, let's look at this works part. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. I like that, secret thing. You realize, you know, you ever when kids, you know, you, you may have done it or had your kids do it. They, they have something they're not supposed to have. And then you say, what you got there? What's the first thing they do? <laughs> right behind the back. I don't got, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but there's this one particular word that I learned called um, omniscient. <laughs> it's a word all-knowing. <laughs> Omnipresent is the word all-seeing or everywhere. So whatever you're hiding behind your back, you think it's in a secret place. God knows. <laughs> God knows. Revelations 20:13. Now this is talking, and this is specifically for unbelievers. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, According to his work. Actually talking about unbelievers. Now we look at what it says about believers. 1 Peter 1.17. Now if you call on the name of the Lord. That would be. How many of you call on the name of the Lord? Yeah that would be us believers. Who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Again not for, not for salvation. But for your rewards. Conduct yourselves through the time your, the time of your stay here in fear of God or in reverence of God. The time, on your, the time that we spend here on, God, on earth matters. The way that the works that we do are going to be judged. So how you live matters. You will see that because of God is a just God and will judge righteously, there are degrees of punishment in hell for unbelievers and Levels of responsibility or rewards for believers in God's kingdom. Dependent upon how we live on this earth, in the body, in the tent suit. In the book of Revelation, it says we will be ruling and reigning in, with Christ. And Jesus also spoke and said, you know, to one, you will be ruler over five cities. And to another, you'll be ruler over ten cities. So your faithfulness here in serving God you know, will determine what kind of rewards or what kind of responsibilities you will have in eternity. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. Revelations 22, 12. You guys don't got this one in your bulletin. This one is a bonus just for you folks for coming today. And behold, this is Jesus speaking, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. What I'm telling you is that in, it matters how you live. Remember, your belief is going to determine where you spend eternity. And your behavior, the actions you take, determine how you spend eternity. 
Now, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about perfection. We don't all have to try to strive to be perfect, all right? Because we are all human beings. We are all going to still make mistakes, but it's how we respond to those mistakes or how to re- respond to those trials. Do, does it build our faith or do we walk away from God? So those are some of the tools that God uses, the challenges that we face, the temptations that we have. They're used to strengthen and build our faith. And how we respond to that, our behavior in those moments, determines the types of rewards we'll receive. Because there are people who say they believe in Jesus, but they've never lived for him, or their life doesn't speak like they believe. Their lives and behaviors reflect something totally different. You know, they, 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 they feel like, yeah, I said that prayer, but then I'm going to go do what I like, still live in sin, still, uh, you know, not even feel bad about what they're doing, uh, and think they're okay. They got, you know, I, I said a little prayer, I got my get out of hell free card, but that's not how it works. It's with the heart we believe. Was it just a mouth that was confessing without the heart? Because what we believe should be reflected in the way that we live. The fact that when we sin, we know we are wrong and feel bad about it, that is an indication that God is at work in our lives, that there is a change. If we sin and don't even think twice about it, like with a guy that cut us off, we, you know, we, we tell him that he's number one, but we, and we just keep driving on the road, or we pull up on alongside him and then just try to, you know, is there a heart change, you know? The, when, when the Holy Spirit moves in you, there's a sense of conviction that comes upon you. And you know you did wrong. You're like, ah. And that's, that's where it begins. That's where it begins. That, that inkling, that notion, that stirring. God is alive in you. He's doing his work. You are his workmanship. That's part of the rough edges that he's trying to sand out. That's why some peop- sometimes he sends grouchy people all away. <laughs> To sand out our rough edges. Yeah, they're the sandpaper that smooth us out. But when we do slip and stumble, God's not, not there like, ah, come on. No, he's like, it's okay. Get up. You can do it again. Try again. Here's another rough person. How are you going to act now? You know? <laughs> and it's a, show, it's a slow graduate. It can be a slow a gradual change. Each of us are in a different lane. We've got to run our own race. You know, some of us are sprinters. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the hare. I'm the tortoise. <laughs> Easy going to get it. But when we fall, we fall forward. We fall forward into the arms of grace. And we turn to our Father and say, forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. And he's right there to say, that's what I wanted to see. Compassion. A contrite and a broken spirit. And a soft and a moldable heart. (laughs) My point is, if you truly believe something, you actually reflect it in the way that you act. But if you don't, it's because you don't truly believe. But God is gracious and continues to beckon us into a deeper relationship with him. Our belief is reflected by our behavior. So now I want to show you the results of our belief and behaviors. In the believer's judgment and the unbeliever's judgment. Many people don't realize, but there are two judgments. It's already determined where you're going to go by what you believe. 
um, that will be determined which judgment you're going to have. Either heaven or hell based on your belief. Why are there two judgments you ask? Because our works are being judged. Each judgment either for believers is going to be only believers in that judgment. And for unbelievers, they'll just be unbelievers in that judgment. Let's look at the first one. Point number two. The judgment seat of Christ. This is for believers. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we shall all, this is all believers, be, uh, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. In other words, while you are here on this earth, whether good or or bad. Now let me clarify. We are not judged for our sins. Christ already took that judgment on the cross. But we are judged for our works. What we did with our redeemed life. And according to the Bible, we will either receive or we will lose a reward because of the way that we lived. Romans 14.10. But why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall all stand before. I remember the first time I read that and realized, whoa, I myself is going to be standing before God in judgment to look at my whole life. That gave me pause because there's a lot of stuff that I was like, ooh. <laughs> you know? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. According to the grace of God which was given to me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, which is Jesus, and another built on it. But let each one, each believer, take heed how he builds on it. The foundation, which is Christ, for no other foundation can, can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But, but watch, watch, that, that, that we can build with two different type of, types of material, temporal or eternal. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, those are the, the stuff that will go through the fire, those are eternal, or wood, hay, straw, those would be burned up, and that's temporal, each one's work will become clear. For the day, and it's capitalized because he's talking about the day of judgment or the day of the Lord, will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test one's work of what sort it is. Temporal or eternal. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, lose his reward. But he himself, and this is the grace of God, will be saved yet as though through fire. So what we do matters. It's going to be put at the altar, burned. What survives is going to be our reward. Or what gets burned up, but we're still going to be saved. Because our salvation is not determined by our works. Okay, let me give you a little insight uh, into this passage. Paul is addressing some things because the Corinthians were starting to begin like to say, Oh, I, I follow Apollos, or I got baptized by Apollos, or I, I, I follow Paul. And, and I, I, was, I was following under Paul's teaching, but Paul is saying, No. There's only one teaching. There's only one truth, and that is Christ. It doesn't matter who led you to Christ. The foundation is Jesus. But you have a choice, and that's the whole point. You know, you have a choice to accept Christ, and you have a choice whether you're going to live for Christ or not. 
you have a choice. Paul is saying, every, even though you have Christ as your foundation, you can do some things that will last all eternity and receive rewards, or you can live your life for yourself and be, set, and be selfish and have your works be judged and be burnt up, but yet you, by the grace of God, will still be saved. So here's Jesus saying the same kind of thing in a Sermon on the Mount. And that's on Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that you not, you not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. All right? If you just do it to look good for anybody else, but your heart is not right, you're doing it to show off, or you're doing it to gain favor, or you're doing it to receive something from somebody else, praise or applaud or attention, you have no reward from your Father. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, you, should, you shouldn't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. That's it. The praise and applause you're going to get from men. That's it. That stuff's going to be burned up because it's temple. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deeds may be in secret. And your father who, seeks, who sees in a secret will himself reward you openly. Check, check this out. That is so cool. In case you miss it, as believers, you are going to meet the father face to face one day. Personally. And he, the father himself, will reward you openly in front of everyone else. You know... What, what greater motivation is there to live a godly life and to serve our Lord on this earth? Because we're going to receive awards personally from the Father. How many of you want to walk into heaven one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You know? Now I know some feel like, I, this is how I used to feel before, you know, I'd be happy just to be sweeping the streets of gold in heaven. As long as I get in there, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'll be happy, you know, just be brewing down the streets. I'll be whistling Dixie. Until I realized and understood 1 John 2.28. And now, little children, this is talking to believers. Abide in him, because non-believers can't abide in Christ. That when he appears, we, us believers, may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Uh, the ESV says, and not shrink away from him in shame. That's pretty strong. You know, I ask myself, why would a believer be ashamed in the coming of Christ? And I come to realize that a believer would be ashamed because what? The way he's living his life. He's not living his life for Jesus. You know, are you excited for the, for, for, the way the world is, the things in the world are happening, you know, and, and we see we're so much closer to the end than we were from the beginning. Are you excited, you know, for, for the rapture to be coming soon or, or, or the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ, to see him? Or do you have some hesitation? Or do you have some anxiousness? Because of the way you're living, you know? Because is the believer really laying his life down? 
I realized that, I, that, that I, you know, maybe you have a realization that I, that I could have helped more people. I could have been serving others' needs. Instead, you know, you may have been, I know, like I was, I was still living for myself. I knew enough of the Bible that, you know, I knew the book of Revelation. Instead, they're going to be building another temple. And I said, okay, when I see that happen, oh, I'm going to start getting good. I'm going to start, oh. But by then, it's too late. By then, it's too late. Because if you see the rebuilding of the new temple, oh, that, that you might be left behind. <laughs> then I have to walk through the tribulation. So that's why I understood, wow, it's not merely just to get by. You know, do I, do I really commit myself to that song, I surrender all? I surrender all. Or is it more, I surrender some. I surrender what I like. He wants it all. Good, the bad, and the ugly. He wants it all. Number three. So it matters how I live. Here's the third point. The unbelievers. Look at the unbelievers. The great white throne judgment. Now, let me show you theologically why they call us the great white throne judgment. Revelation 2 11 through 12, they, they, they took taught in this. Then I saw a great white throne. That's why they came up with the great white throne judgment, because it says right, great white. <laughs> Him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Oh, that's pretty awesome. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Now watch carefully. Watch these tenses. We're talking about non-believers. There are two, there, there are two words here that we're going to look. Then, and books, that's plural, books were open. And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. All right? So what are they talking about books? We know the book, the singular is the book of life. What are these books? What are in those books? The record of all their works or deeds. And God will judge rightly based on what's in those books. Because he's a righteous judge. He's a just judge. He's a just God. Let's say there's a, a, a gentleman, you know, he goes through life, good guy, pays his taxes, he even votes. And, um, but he doesn't go to church. He doesn't believe in God. He thinks religion is a crutch. I'm a self-made man. I don't need God. When he's standing before the great white throne judgment, would his judgment or punishment be the same as, let's say, Adolf Hitler, who killed six million Jews? No. No. Our God is a just God. He will recompense justly. Romans 2, 5 and 6. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent, that means non-repentant, so we're talking about unbelievers' heart, this is, uh, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. God is just and will repay each unbeliever's and believers. Believers, you know, let's say, look on the believer side of it. One who served God. Tithe. 
prayed, read his word, served in church. When he gets to heaven, will his reward be the same as somebody who believed in, who believed in God, came to church maybe two, three times a year, Easter, Christmas, New Year's, didn't tithe, didn't believe in tithing, you know, didn't, didn't serve at the church, didn't read his Bible, didn't seek God, will they receive the same reward? God will not be a just God. It's more, it's, it's, it's more than just getting into heaven. All right? Although, I, you know, I've never, I've never seen a, a, a hearse touring a U-Haul trailer yet because we can't take our stuff, our churches that we've gained here ahead with us. And it's Matthew 16, 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves, we can send it on ahead, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your, what's that word again? Heart be also. Man, there's so much in that, your heart issue. That's where your treasure, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. But there are those who will receive a stricter judgment still. There's those that are going to be receiving a stricter judgment. And you know who they are. You see them every Sunday. It's me. It's Pastor Scott. Pastor Steve. Pastor Aaron. It's for what we teach and what we preach. Even Mike. James 3.1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. Oh, don't get scared now. Some of you guys be like, oh, I was thinking about teaching in Sunday school. But I don't know about now. Be not afraid. <laughs> what he calls you to, he equips you for. Trust me. <laughs> I want to close with this uh, final story. There's this, this story that this, uh, this pastor tells about when he was young and started to go astray. He's about 13 and 14 and we started running, hanging around with the wrong people, running around the wrong crowd down at the local skating rink. How many of you guys remember skating rinks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's one for you. The next, the next song is going to be for uh, couple skate and backward skate only. Couple skate and backward skate only. And it's always endless love. You know, right, right, right? <laughs> Look at all the old people out there. Well, his dad knew that he was starting to go astray. So one day when he didn't drop him off, he took him out of front. He circled back around, snuck into the dark ring, and sat there and watched his son all night in the dark. So later on, he goes around and picks up the son. Son gets in the car. He asks the son, hey, son, you smoke any cigarettes tonight? And the son's like, oh, no, no, dad, not me, dad. Well, I was around people that smoked, so that's why he probably smelled it on you. And the dad told him, you know what? I snuck around the ring, and I was sitting there, and I seen you. I watched you smoke a cigarette. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I, I remember now. I, I, yeah, I remember, yeah, I, I smoked one. I smoked one cigarette. I, I didn't really like it, you know, I, I didn't rock it, so I, I just tried one. And then he said, no, but I watched you smoke two cigarettes. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I remember now. Yeah, I see, yeah, you know, they, they, they dared me. You know, they said, ah, you, you, you don't want to do it. They, they were daring me. They were calling me a coward, you know, and you told me, you taught me. I'm supposed to be a man, stand up for myself. So yeah, I, 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 smoked, I smoked that second cigarette just to prove a point. He said, I watched you smoke seven. 
I watched you smoke seven. And he said, my dad punished me for every cigarette that I smoked and for lying. And he goes on to say, if I only knew that my father was watching, if I only knew that my father was watching. Well, according to the Bible, the father is watching. And he's going to reward and he's going to punish. But now listen, two judgments. Here's the great news. You get to choose which judgment you attend. You determine your eternal destiny by your belief and your behavior. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. I know you're touching people's hearts right now. And you say, you know, I, and this is, this is your request. You know, you, you say that, you know, I, I don't know you. I, I, I'm not sure where my eternal address is going to be. You know, I, I, I want to know for sure when I cross over, when I pass, that I'll be going to heaven. If that's your prayer this morning, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. If that's your prayer this morning, you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's your request. Thank you, brother. Love you. God bless you. Okay, you can put your hands down. What I want you to do is say this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I come to you, Jesus, and repent of my sin. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come live in me, guide me, mold me, help me to be the person you created me to be. I accept you, Lord Jesus. As my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was your prayer this morning, welcome to the kingdom of God. Your eternal address has been determined. There's some yes packets on the welcome table. What I'd like you to do is get those packets, take a look at it, read it. It'll tell you what happens next. It'll tell you what just happened to you. You've joined in the greatest family in the history of the world. And you have the greatest dad that loves you so much. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for the hearts that have accepted you, Lord God. We thank you for the conviction that you've given us as believers to understand that the way we live should reflect what we believe, Lord. Forgive us when we slip, for when we stumble. But we thank you that you're there to pick us up dust us off and pat our butts down the road father because you are a loving a kind and a gracious god we give you all the praise honor and glory and in jesus holy mighty name we pray and all god's people say amen, amen. let's join us lord all right Let us stand and go out of here with some worship.
There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. 